You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What does this all mean? What are NFTs? What are what is blockchain as a whole exposing or really telling us as a society, um, as a people? And I will tell you, you know, I think part of this narrative that needs to be talked about is part of what we're exposing is what we were lacking over the last many years, let's say ten years. But what it's also reminding us of is that there are there are people, there are you know, strategies, there is, there are actually like cultural norms that have existed for far too long that are so easy for us to fall back into. I'm going to break that down a little bit further here in a minute, but you know, I wanted to, you know, spotlight and highlight, uh, you know, a shout out to the, uh, NFT 365 community. You know, I, I called out on last episode that, uh, crypto chicks was a NFT project that I believe was massively undervalued. And I believed through all my research, everything that I've heard, uh, all the feedback that I was given, and even my my dialogue with some of the uh, the founders and, and the team there um, was destined for some big things. And I, I, we can't guarantee that it all happened because of you, the podcast listeners. But um, there's no mistake that the the floor price of that uh, of of crypto chicks has over doubled uh, since yesterday's episode dropped. And I can tell you, you know, I I aped in. I was actually able to get one of the a rare one that I've had my eye on for a while. I think it's the 101st most rare or 181st most rare um, and completely excited about being a part of that community. Uh, pick up a second one uh, a little bit later um, off the floor. But, you know, I love seeing great projects and great people doing great things. And so, uh, you know, shout out to Crypto Chicks. The nice part is the floor is still, you know, it's right around that point to uh, ETH uh, perspective. So uh, some great opportunities for people to jump in and, and really rise together. And, you know, I you know, I do some rants. And for those that are familiar with me with live video, you're familiar with me on Instagram stories, or even have heard me on stage as a keynote speaker, you'll know that I'm, I am very opinionated and a big believer in connecting great people with great people to do great things. But I'm also not naive. I'm not one that will believe that, you know, technology can fix people problems or that any technology can stop bad people from doing bad things or dumb people from doing dumb things. But I am one that that really can get frustrated when we fall into the exact same cycles that we've previously tried to fix or get out of. And we allow ourselves to do so because maybe it's easy. Maybe we can blame because it's ingrained in us. But I would argue part of it is because what we know and what we've always been comfortable with continues to be something that we accept. And what I wanted to share on this episode and really where I want to take this, this episode was that, you know, there were some rug pulls recently. And for those that aren't familiar with that rug pull concept, right? It's the idea that someone is really, you know, 
projecting and telling you they're going to do all these things. They have this project. Once it actually mints out, they pull the rug out from underneath everybody and run away with the money, right? And in the blockchain space, that's very easy to do and there's really no repercussions. Now, we have seen some platforms and people being able to take some precautions when people, you know, steal NFTs and some things that are out there. But, you know, it's so interesting for me, you know, when I there was an article recently on uh, NFT now and it talked about like the top 10 most uh, expensive NFTs of the last year. And from it was funny because I didn't want to read it. And partly I didn't want to read it is because it plays into a 1% narrative that we know exists in the world today, right? We talk about the rich getting richer or the, you know, the privileged white guy uh, having more opportunity. And the idea that 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 is something that we continue to portray or facilitate is something I've, I've never wanted to buy into. And you know, part of the belief for me in like the power of community, right? Like I've said this, that I believe the future of business is trust. And I believe the future, well, future of business is trust. And I believe the future of marketing is relatability. And I believe we are all in that business of trust. And I believe when we think about how do we understand relatability and trust, I believe the thread, the through line that takes us into the future is community. But here's what NFTs to me are also exposing. That building a community, there is no easy button. And ultimately, even the concept of building versus, you know, kind of building a, a, you know, a group of people, bringing a group of people together that together can make a big impact on the world. The key thread there has always to me been that people come together because we have a shared purpose and a common passion for an outcome. One of the things I'm recognizing in a lot of communities, especially within in NFT space, is there isn't a common thread. There isn't a common purpose or passion. A lot of the passion is about how do we get the floor price higher? A lot of the purpose is we all got lucky enough to get on the white list or we were all lucky enough to be in here early enough and didn't know what we were doing, but we lucked out with certain things in our wallet and, and all of a sudden they became what is the most profitable. But then we allow things like racism and sexism and we allow things like uh, gender bias and really just negative you know, things to either still exist or but when they're called out, we almost want to pull a, a, a blanket over it and say, act like it didn't happen. And I've talked a lot, a lot on, this, on this podcast about how powerful transparency is. But here's the thing. If we allow people to still get away with things, even though we have the evidence and the ability to prove that they're not doing what they say they're doing or things that exist, then what better is this idea of transparency? It's just like having extra receipts, but not asking for those receipts. And we don't even have to ask for them. We can actually see it. And for me, this is a, this is a, can be a very catch 22 because here's where it can come a little bit off wire. And it's why I'm so fired up right now in the moment is that, there are good people that are joining into projects because they believe in good missions and, and there's probably good people that they're connected with. But yet if the founders are doing something that is you know, shady or manipulative or um, not what they should be doing, by exposing them, ultimately the project and everyone involved gets hurt. So then we're in this tough spot, right? Like how do we, how do we help prevent this from happening and how do we hold people accountable 
while also trying to protect those or at least address those for, for, for what they are. And I will tell you, for me, part of this is that we have to recognize that you know, bringing all these people together, right, via an NFT, I don't care if it's a 3,000 collection or a 10,000 collection, not everyone's going to get along. Not everyone's going to share the same purposes, the same passions, the same desire for outcome. But if the culture that is existing within that community, within that project, is one that breeds or rewards or incentivizes these behaviors or allows these behaviors and these people that are acting bad to continue to be rewarded, this is all destined to the same crap. And I, what I mean by that is, you know, there are people that I am not following on Twitter that I have not called out publicly because I, I, I don't want to be the one that's just casting stones. But I, there are people that I just do not associate myself with because I do not believe they are playing uh, fairly, and I don't believe the way that they're using their voice or their influence is um, beneficial for the community. But here's the crazy thing: I also know by not supporting them or kissing their ring, it's also preventing me from getting access to some projects or being a part of some conversations or being on the you know radio shows that exist on Twitter Spaces. And so then the question starts to become something that I've asked myself for years, and it's something I had to learn the hard way, is that you can't change the game unless you're actually playing the game. What I mean by that, you know, as a hockey player, right, I, I play hockey, right? If I, I, can't cha- I can't change the outcome of a game if I quit the team and I'm in the stands. I can change the outcome of a game if I'm playing on the team and I'm doing my, you know, I'm out there on the ice. But if I'm outnumbered or if others are willing to put that, you know, over their face and, and kind of ignore what the truth is and what they see out there, then one or two people fighting the good fight is not going to work. And I, I'm just going to put, you know, for me, the layers of transparency that I intend to go to in 2022 are going to scare people. And for some people that are listening to this right now, it might put you off, it might turn you off a little bit because it might be a layer of, of truth that, um, that you aren't prepared to kind of look at because a lot of people are intimidated by, by rapid you know, and, and really unfiltered transparency, not because they don't like hearing or seeing the proof in what you're doing, but because they're afraid that that is then going to be an expectation on them themselves. And I'm one that is going to make sure that every penny, every thing that I do with every project that I'm involved in is not only something that I put out in the open, but it's also something that I give people access to where they don't even have to wait for me to talk about it, right? I, 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 I tell everyone here and listen to the podcast, just open up OpenSea, type in fanzo.eth, you will see my username that comes up. If you want to see the bag that we're using for this project, type in nft365.eth and you'll see that project and how that came up. I'm, I am willing and, and you know, have this burning desire to put things out there and, and, and set that bar because I, it is frustrating. I will tell you, I've been going into some contracts of projects that I, that I hold in my bag and some that I don't hold in my bag and what they're doing and what they're saying and how they're acting is not okay. It is, 
it's like, hey, we're gonna we we want everybody to jump. We're gonna raise the price because there are there's an ability for you guys to get ten thing ten NFTs that could change your life. They are one of ones, master collectors are gonna be worth hundreds of thousands of dollars. Everyone should go and get in on this project because you have the opportunity to get one of these ten. But then when all of a sudden everyone you know jumps on it and it sells out in three seconds and they say thank you and we can't believe it and we're going up the charts. If you look a little deeper at who got those 10 lottery tickets, those 10 lucky NFTs, all of a sudden you start to see some commonalities and you start to recognize some things. Maybe they, they hid the things from their folder, but yet you can't hide your activity on the blockchain. You can't hide or reverse engineer or trace back how people got something or wow, if they either are the most lucky human beings ever or there was something written into the code that said, give these NFTs, these level of rarity to these people that also contain this. And yes, that's very easy to write. It's a very if this and that statement to the point where I reached out to a, a developer friend of mine and said, how long would it take you to write something like that into the code? And he laughed. And he's like, dude, I could do that today, right now, without even skipping a beat. Now, here's the, here's the, the, the flip side of this. Where, where do we move forward? How do we, how do we together make an impact? And I'm a big believer in that you know, we are greater than me. I'm also a big believer in you know, what we support, what we talk about, the projects that, that we believe in. It's up to us to be the marketers. It's up to us to be the advocates and, and loud and proud. And I've always been a big believer in that we should spend more time amplifying the good and less time, you know, giving the bad and the negative attention. But we also can't let the bad and the negative continue to infiltrate every single thing and every single project that exists. And I will say this whole idea of not doxing yourself as a founder, which really means operating under a pseudonym or an alias, I just believe is going to come to a a really downsided end. And And it needs to because these NFTs, the money that is at play, I don't care if it's $200 or $200,000, there's a lot of trust that's involved. And we're doing that in a, on a platform and in many cases using cryptocurrency, which all, we already have a lot of haters and negativity and people that aren't trusting us in this entire um, space. And then on top of it, we don't allow people to have to be held accountable for the projects they're promoting or the projects they're a part of. And just because they have a big following or the one person you want to have the attention of your project is following them doesn't mean it's okay to give them a pass to continue to allow them the, the platform and the opportunity um, to make it, you know, have a say. And so I, I, I don't know the, I don't have the answer. I do have this as a, as a, as a way forward is that if you see projects that are, or people that are acting in ways that we don't support and we're not a believer in. Let's not follow them. Let's not retweet them. Let's not jump into their space. Let's not make them feel as though that their behavior is rewarded. And let's also make sure that we do call out those that are going against the values or morals that we believe in. We also have to be willing to do the research 
and understand that the risk versus reward, and I talk a lot about risk versus reward on this podcast, but usually it's risk of buying an NFT and the reward of buying it versus the risk of not buying it and the reward of not buying it. And in this case, it has to be the risk of exposing one person and the reward of that person no longer you know, being able to do what they do versus the risk of it exposing and hurting 9,998 other people that simply bought in because of a belief and, and, and a mission. And what I'm going to say is I like the idea that communities and developers have taken over projects that were led by founders that were fraudulent and negative. But here's the thing. We have to support those projects. We have to get behind those projects and, and lift them up and not sit back in the back and say, I wonder if this project is going to be able to save itself, right? Because here's the thing. We all agreed that that founder was manipulative or was someone that we didn't want to be in this space with us. But it's a little risky for us to throw our money or our mouth or our advocacy behind a project until we know that it's you know making its way back. It's it's kind of like that you know giving giving a project a second chance or a person a second chance, right? It's it's easy to give someone a second chance once a hundred other people have come out loud and proud and said they give that person a second chance. But for those first 100 people, it's not that easy. It can be scary. You're putting yourself out there. You're putting your credibility out there. You're putting, you know, hey, I'm, I'm going to jump behind this because I believe ultimately it's right. Even if I don't buy, uh, benefit financially, it's me putting behind what I believe in. And that's the magic I believe in NFTs. That's the magic I believe in supporting great people doing great things and not waiting for the project to all of a sudden go to the moon or be trending to make it your profile photo or to advocate for it. I believe that there's so many great people and so many good opportunities for us to support. We spend more time doing that and less time putting like the trendy thing out there. And so I'm gonna give a shout out to a great community that is really the first community I heard of that did this at scale. And, and that community is the fame ladies and uh, board Becky. Um, I hopefully get board Becky here on the podcast uh, in the very near future. But you know, fame ladies was a project that uh, you'll hear the whole origin story. Um, but ultimately it was run, you know, let's just say it was being manipulated who the were people were behind the project. They just saw that there wasn't enough women led projects that were women focused and they decided to create one to solve that, that gap but yet they weren't who they said they were and they didn't believe in what they believed, you know, they should be. And, you know, that project was taken over by the community and that project was empowered and, and was able to not only survive, but now thrive. And I am a proud fame ladies holder. Um, I jumped in on the project the very first, like literally halfway through the interview, the very first time I heard my buddy, Jason Keith and Becky talking um, on uh, his, on his platform. And I'll just say, you know, there are more projects like, like that, that we are, we are seeing it where it's good people that are making up the project and it might be, not be the, the 0.4 ETH mint price. It might not be the art that everyone is talking about because it's in our face and they're using, you know, a celebrity like Floyd Mayweather to uh, tout it. But if we really believe about shifting the power dynamic away from the, the controlled entities and giving it back to us, the creators, we not only have to recognize that power in ourselves, 
but also in the power that we have of supporting great projects by celebrating great projects. And I will tell you, all of you that promote this project and this podcast and share it out with the world, thank you. And, and I will tell you, it keeps me motivated, keeps me excited about what we're doing here, but it also gives me more opportunity to reach more people with messages like this. And together we can lift up projects and really be there in these times of not only we are in this like really pinnacle part where are we going to continue to reward behavior that's been rewarded for hundreds of years or are we going to switch our focus? And it's not about bashing and giving more attention to the rug pulls. Rather, it's putting our money and our energy and our time behind the great people and the great projects that are doing great things. So I'm going to tell you this. I know with Mint 365 that we're buying a new minted NFT every single day. I'm also going to work hard at amplifying these great projects that have either the founders were found to not be very credible and they were taken over by their community or just great projects of great people doing great things that don't have the marketing budget or the flair, but really they're the ones that all of us want to invest in because if, if we can ultimately come together and recognize that the power is not in the brand's hands or the platform's hands, it's in us individually. Imagine if us individually, I mean, we have hundreds of thousands of people that listen to this podcast, right? 100,000 downloads of this podcast. Imagine if 10% of us put our, our weight behind a project that we believed in that right now no one really recognizes, but we understand what their mission is and what they believe in. Imagine the difference we can make. Imagine the input we can really drive forward. And here's the thing. The more that we do that, the more we reset the precedent. I hate this idea of creating this elitist culture and only point only the 1% get rewarded and only the rich get richer and you got to make have money to make money. I understand those narratives. But I'm also a believer in what web3 is supposed to mean to us. And that is this idea of decentralization, of removing the control and shifting the power and that ability for us to create value to share value, and then ultimately amplify value moving forward. As you guys know, this podcast is super powered by the ADHD coin over on rally.io. You can check it out, ADHDcoin.com. I'm going to be integrating more mental health, more ADHD uh, narrative also into the podcast around some projects that I'm uh, involved in. Uh, also want to give a big shout out to uh, Meta Athletes. Uh, Meta Athletes is a project that I joined uh, recently. Uh, great founders, good friends of the show, good friends of my Discord. Uh, and I'm actually going to have the founders on uh, the podcast uh, in the next couple of days. So you guys will hear more about that. But um, just check out, keep an eye, keep an eye out for uh, January 11th, one, one, two, two. Uh, there's gonna be something fun, some fun things going down. And uh, let me just, I'll leave you guys with this. Uh, I've mentioned before, liquidity allows us to be prepared and take action, not only in real time, but at the right time. I recommend uh, having a little liquidity ready and at the able uh, come January 11th. Not for me, but for good people doing good things. Till tomorrow, my friends, make it a good one. Cheers. This show is not for-